Welcome to the Double Deuce Podcast, an amazing show that lasts only 22 minutes and is for you, the listener. So soak it up. So here are your two big beer hosts, Will Averill and Nelson. Hey, Will, hit the timer. And we're in. Double Deuce. Now with an extra two minutes for their pleasure. Yeah, we owe you guys two minutes because we went short like one or two episodes ago. And it could be her pleasure, could be his pleasure, could be their yeah, pleasure. I'm leaving it open for all the pronouns. Yeah, this two minutes this does is, not discriminate. No, no. We're, this we're is in the a, two free minutes right now. We went straight in. We went straight in. We didn't even fuck around with an introduction. I mean, We, we don't have a guest today. Kind of talked about it, I guess. I mean, we did a little bit. We, we did talk about it a little bit. In fact, we burned a little bit, probably uh, over 30 seconds to maybe even a minute. Yeah, we're wasting now. this two minutes. We're wasting yeah, it. Yeah, boy, we're really, really fucking this one up, aren't we? Here we go again. So, yeah. uh, it's it's nearly Christmas here in Kansas. This will come out Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, somewhere in there. Oh, I think it'll be. Will it be Christmas? Yeah, around then. Around then. Anyway, speaking of... If it comes of, out on, the, on Sunday, I might drop it on Christmas Eve as opposed to Christmas Day or later. Well, the, you can you can still you still have time as part of your Christmas holiday season to uh, rent an early preview uh, on Amazon Prime of Violent Night, the David Harbour as Santa Claus uh, movie that I believe will firmly ensconce itself in the Christmas pantheon of like Christmas story, die hard, uh, a wonderful life. And um, yeah. And, and, and those movies, it, it is, it is a classic in, in the wings. It's waiting in the wings to be a classic. Do you want to know why? I, I do want to know why. Okay, well, I will. I will tell you why. Because, you know, I watched the the trailer and I thought, okay, this looks like uh, kind of a a dumb joke. And how are they going to sustain that over ninety minutes? Right? Yeah. Sometimes I had a concern. It looked to me like that was a possibility. It looked to me like David Harbor running around doing stuff would be fun enough to like at least make it enjoyable but that it might not hold together that well as like a movie around the edges of, of David Harbour as a kicking ass Santa Claus. That the, the fact that we finally, we, Scrooge came out like fucking 20 something years ago or something, right? It's been a long time. Yeah, yeah it's and been a long time. We, we didn't have the, the balls to make The Night the Reindeer Died until 2022. It's been forever. Yeah, yeah. And, and what us. I'm telling what I'm telling you is this has enough uh, offensiveness to, to be delightful. Uh, it's got enough action to be uh, sort of a proto uh, die hard. You know, it's got some of that element to it. Um, and it's got uh, enough funny lines to, to be, you know, eminently quotable. So I, I'm, I'm saying it's, it's a win. It, it bogs a little in the middle, you know, it bogs a little in the middle. That, that is the problem with action movies because you can't sustain that level of engagement for, you know, 90 minutes without a few breaks. So though, those are there, but overall very good. 
I, I do want to watch that, but it might it might be a minute. I don't know. I, I think that it, what I would do, I would not, I would not pay an exorbitant amount of money for it. Uh, like I would, I would wait until it, it, it's on like HBO or or one of those channels where you can just sort of watch it for free. But I'm going to tell you, it was it was delightful, and David Harbor uh, is delightful. And one thing I don't want to give any spoilers, but the Santa Claus origin story is both delightful and very very vague. Uh, and yeah. and and that's one of the things I, I I like the most about it is they don't go to a lot of trouble explaining the origin of Santa Claus, but there's definitely a violent backstory that, you know, sort of propels his, his descent into uh, madness and, uh, and, 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 and murder and mayhem uh, in, in this, this, this rich country house. Um, several. Uh, I mean, his, his of... he, he's, he's any largely a Nordic and Germanic invention basically. And, yeah, and they they go although, with that. Although there's some that. Turkish in there too, if I remember right. And the uh I mean it's a it's a it's a healthy stew of belief systems and nationalities that give us a Santa Claus. Yes, and they don't spend a lot of time explaining it, which I love. You get a couple of flashback shots uh to burning buildings and and you know, just sort of places on fire, but then they don't really go into a lot of detail, which makes it just that much more interesting and and fun. So there you go. I would recommend it. I mean, if you have the money, go ahead and rent it this year. If you don't have the money, don't rent it. Wait for it. It's not gonna kill you to wait. You've waited yeah. a long time for things. I feel a lot of times with a movie, if I'm gonna pay the money for it like that to stream it then i'm just gonna wait and pay the money so that i own it at that point so that if i if i like it then hey, i can watch it again and if i don't like it i paid the same amount of money <laughs> speaking of uh paying to to see movies i i did rent another movie and since we're doing movie fun happy yeah. christmas eve time uh i want to give a, a shout out to um kevin smith and the view askew folks for clerks three which oh, yeah. i yeah, I had low expect. I had no expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I felt like Clerks One obviously is, is such an important film for folks that were kind of of like our generation, and and you know it, it was it was a, it, one of the first kind of big indie films, and and so it's it, it was pretty important whether you really liked it that much or not. It didn't necessarily matter. It had its place of import in the canon, uh, but this was a I really nice, especially a, a a thing. Where for its time it was pretty important in doing some stuff. It was also it was in that kind of Miramax wave of interesting independent stuff, early nineties that were big movies and important movies. It was right it rode that it like slipped in to that wave. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's it, it's interesting. One one thing that I I do love about it is, you know, it's it, it's a kind of an homage to that independent uh spirit of you know independent films because like those guys back in the day like they weren't movie stars they were just a couple dudes who were in this movie and uh they're they're still just a couple of dudes like now <laughs> in their late 40s uh in this movie and um one of the 
one of the most powerful scenes, and again, I'm just gonna try not to spoiler it here, but one of the most powerful scenes is is because this guy who you know the guy who plays Dante, he's never been the best actor, but he just nails the speech, and it's a really really cool moment, and I was really proud of him. I'm like, dude, good work. Uh, for for someone who's you know not a, not a movie star, you you really took that home. You know, you held your own in a movie with a Ben Affleck cameo. So there you go. Thanks. That's funny. Funny too, the Ben Affleck cameo. I do want to see that. I've been interested yeah. to catch it. Again, you, you can probably survive without yeah. renting it. Yeah, but it is. Uh, it was much better than. I expected it to be. I would recommend, though, if you are going to watch it, to maybe brush up on your Kevin Smith, uh, you know, your your, your Kevin Smith milieu, the ouvre of uh, his work. Um, yeah, because... I feel like I I probably locked a bunch of that in back in the day, where I'll be like, oh yeah, that. But at the same time, yeah, I also used to listen I... to back when I needed to fill my day with like forty hours of podcasts at my at my old job. Like I would, I would definitely throw on some of his podcasts to pass the time. I feel like there's 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 fun references to um most of the most of the works in there, and I feel like I I know that I missed a couple, and and uh, especially like I I saw Clerks a couple of times, uh, well, a bunch of times, but I only saw Clerks two like once, and so I'm not as familiar with that one. Um, and uh, I think there was some Mallrat stuff in there that I missed as well, but. I would say just go watch those and then watch this one. And I, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. I think, um, you know, there's always a little bit of, it's a little bit cloyingly self-referential sometimes, but it's also pretty clever too. So it's, you know, it's, it's lovable. It's done, it's done with a lot of heart and a lot of dick jokes. I feel like he does. And I feel like he started doing it with like the Jay and Silent Bob movie, and I think he's kind of kept it as a thing when he does the the movies from like that world where it, it, it's a little Muppet movie where it's like a it's it can you can have some the comedy can be a little broader, and then you're throwing in all these guest stars who are popping up to just like be in it. I feel like yeah. has that feel. Yeah, no, it's definitely got that 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 vibe to it, and it definitely um, has. Uh has some fun uh, callbacks to the original movies. So uh, yeah, you'll enjoy it. I think if you liked, if you liked clerks and clerks too, you'll enjoy this one. And even if you weren't as fond of some of the, some of the later stuff, uh, you'll, you'll like it. It, it, it kind of caught me by surprise. I thought it was going to be fun afternoon watching. And I actually ended up uh, tearing up at a couple points and I'm like, damn it, Kevin Smith, you were supposed to entertain me, not make me cry. You bastard! You bastard, Kevin Smith. Well, that's sweet. I'm I'm sure he'd appreciate that. Well, you should tell him. You know, I I might I might because we have the Twitter for a little while anyway, and uh, you can do things now like write Kevin Smith and be like, I liked your movie, even though I thought it might be shit, and then never hear back. I, I was more I was more like hop on the dune, dune buggy and track him down. Oh, oh, that's uh But it's pretty cold for a, Dune Buggy in this this time of year. Sure maybe is. After, maybe after the thaw. That's Dune Buggy weather after the first thaw. Yeah, yeah. Prime Dune Buggy weather. I'm excited by by the time we record the the next one of these I, I'm going to be in merry old England. That's true. 
you're leaving. Yeah. You're leaving tomorrow that's, if this comes out on Christmas, right? That's right. I'm leaving on what the British call Boxing Day and what we call the day after Christmas or sometimes. Okay, you're going to miss, you're going to get there the day after Boxing Day, aren't you? Yeah. It's that stupid time thing where you have to add on a bunch of hours and we've got like an eight hour layover in Amsterdam. So I'm like, Mom, what are we going to do with our eight hour layover in Amsterdam? And she's like, Well, we could go visit Anne Frank's house. I'm like, Yeah, or we could get high, Mom. I mean, I don't really want to go to Anne Frank's house on the first day of my fucking vacation. Like, why, why, why not both? Well, you know, I'd like to tell you why not both because it's not going to be a fun time. No, no, it's like the time that you're gonna, Jason you're, gonna you're, you're gonna be laughing at things that make you then feel bad because you shouldn't be laughing, and also it's gonna just be bringing you down. Yeah, yeah, and you're I'm gonna, gonna be have feel, that you're gonna be feeling it too much, and it's gonna really get to you. I mean, maybe, maybe gonna, yeah, I I wouldn't advise it. Well, I I went so, going to museums. I I went and saw years ago with our lawyer a robot dog demonstration at a science museum. And we just happened to like be there with a lot of uh, like science classes. We're in this science museum for the day. And we had to just back away because we couldn't contain ourselves at watching a robot dog demonstration in a museum. Like, don't don't do the Anne Frank Museum. I'm not suggesting they got a robot dog there. And I don't think they should have a robot dog there. I don't think it would fit the aesthetic. But you're not going to make it. That's the, that's the moral of the story. You're not going to make it. I just I, I feel like everybody's not gonna catch the tail end of that story because everybody's gonna be thinking about how a robot dog would fit into the Anne Frank Museum. Like, would it be a robot dog at the entrance? Like, oh hey, you must be this tall to climb the Anne Frank staircase. Or would it be like would it come out like when you were actually up there? Like, how can I help you folks? What would you like to know about the Anne Frank experience? Or is it just sort of there? in the window when you look out the window like a view of Anne Frank might have had like one of those cats that its eyes move back and forth and its tail wags one of those cat clocks but it's a dog it's a robot dog and it's just waving waving, waving with its tongue lolling back and forth back and forth back and forth like some sort of uh, nightmare that is pretty nightmarish and I'm going to be but I'm not going to say time. no I mean you know my yeah. advertising aesthetic is go for it yeah, but, uh, in fact, that's. But that's I don't know. Your... I feel like that's one you put up on the whiteboard and leave on the whiteboard for a while. You know what I mean? Or as my dear wife would say, carry it around the store for a little while, see if you actually want to buy it. You know, mm -hmm. just maybe don't commit right away to the <laughs> robot dog at the Anne Frank Museum. I feel like that's that's a that, that's that's sound financial advice and advertising advice. When it comes Did to I tell robot dogs and the Holocaust. When I was in Amsterdam with my old man and we got high and he proceeded to tell me repeatedly how he wasn't high, like over and over and over again for like 45 minutes and then told me <laughs> not to tell mom how high he wasn't. And then we wandered around for what seemed like hours and we ended up at a bar and there was a uh, there was a, a gal there who was really friendly and sat down and talked to us. I think she was probably a prostitute. But anyway, she looked a little like kind of a, a, a Sarah Matthews. And I went to the bathroom and I was coming back and she says to my dad, who's your friend? The one that looks like Michael Moore. And uh, that's that's always stuck with me. Um 
not necessarily that she looked like Sarah Matthews, but that she said, you know, who's your friend that looks like Michael Moore? That was your dad? Uh, she said it to my dad about me. She said, oh. said I, I, I look I like thought, Michael I thought Moore. it was reversed. I mean, either way, no, I, don't, no. I, don't, I, don't, I don't really see it, but at the same time. I was wearing a baseball cap and my hair was longer, so it was kind of fluffing out of the sides like, you know, oh, Chevy okay. Chase or Michael Moore, okay. like doing that little flap out thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't. Did you really, have a beard going, really... or were you more clean shaven? I was, I was, I think I was wearing a beard at that point. I can't remember when I went full beard because I did that that goatee for a while. Remember in the nineties, and then at some point I was like, goatees are stupid. I'm going a full beard. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly a the goatees. Like, why are you still doing this much work if you're already gonna mostly have a beard? Like, you're having why complicated beard? What's the point, man? Yeah, no, exactly, and and you, you also it, it it I don't know it just it reminds me a lot of the '90s, and so I had to I had to do something yeah. else. Yeah, I feel like it was it was one of those things they were prevalent, but I feel like it's one of those things like looking at Civil War officers and their facial hair like from the now, where you're like, yeah, I guess I can see it, but yeah, I understand why we don't do that anymore. I feel like in in fifty years, people will be looking at the at the nineties goatees and be like, "Okay, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah." I like how you just compared the nineties to the Civil War. I mean, I really feel like that was a that was a valiant <laughs> only the valiant effort there. Not, yeah, not the political yeah. climate. Yeah, but not anyway, the so bloodshed. Getting high and going to Anne Frank's house, like I, I, I advise against it. Probably not in the picture, but I am hoping that while I'm over there, we'll get to do a little sit down uh, with with Stefan, uh, our UK fan, and uh, that's the and, dream, and listeners. The that's a that's yeah. a thing that might be for you in the new year. Because he was he Stephanie. was he and Nikki were in in America because they have family in America, so they come to America sometimes, and they were watching the USA England game at a bar in Texas. And getting very into it, but no one at the bar in Texas gave a fuck about the game. So they're like, like these two awkward Brits, like getting super into this game that no one is really cares about. And then they were going to go shoot guns. So they're living the dream over there. Living the dream, I tell you. It sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. My cat woke up and sorry. I'm having trouble, listeners. I'm ducking and weaving, trying to take notes because my cat just woke up after a long sleep in the bed, and now she's like, "Play with me," and I'm like, "I'm recording double deuce." Oh I'm man, writing notes. That's, she's sitting on the is... notes. Will she's sitting on the notes, oh, wow. listeners? How can you how write? Can I function? How can you write more notes when there's a cat ass on the notes that you have? I know. It looks like she's she's getting into it. She's about ready to start talking here in a second. Yeah, it's gonna be the the third podcaster. Right, she's moved. Update: She's moved. So, listeners, what would you like to see in the Anne Frank house? A robot dog? Uh, me and my mom? Hi. Uh, I forgot to I mean, mention. I a, well, wait. Sorry. Clarify: Is the robot dog a part of the museum or is the robot dog just going to the museum to learn about stuff? I thought you were sort of implying that the robot dog would be a part of the museum, that it would be like, well, uh, 
I, I think I was uh, the whole time advising against it, but I mean, yeah. it was sort of that like, like you were you were sort of promoting it by denying it, like like in in Wag the Dog. When no, was I, all, I like, was saying if you're stoned and you're in a museum watching just a robot dog demonstration can be a difficult social adventure. Like, I'm just not go, sure go, that going I'm, to like want to to like a you know a, a significant monument of the Holocaust. Like that's that's like a hundred robot dogs, I guess, is what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think you really you pulled that one back from the edge because I was a little uh, concerned as to where suggestion. you were going. I there. think you were the one who was like, "What if there was a robot dog there?" I was exploring all the options uh, because I, I mean, was it's trying good to, to figure explore. Out. Yeah, but ultimately, I don't think that there should be a robot dog at the Anne Frank Museum unless they're but going I, to learn. I was I was putting it out there for the listeners to say what you know, kind of what else. Do you think shouldn't be in the end? I also want to like if if the dog like on normal terms like needs a job and they hire that dog the robot dog to work at the museum, but not in like a a way where you're you're making a wacky character be part of the exhibits. I mean, like maybe he's tearing tickets or he's like helping to sweep up or something. You know, robot dogs go to work too. The the EU probably has pretty strict like AI animal work laws because they have a lot of laws like that where it's like you know things that ai and animals can't do well don't like, worry it's a, lot- a very it's a very good robot dog he, he obeys all the the laws of robotics well I, I don't think it's about the attitude of the particular animal or robot i i, I think it's about the future of humanity and protecting it and I think I I I mean I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be real honest with you. I think the Europeans are a bit more kind of plugged into the idea that we could ultimately doom our species by making poor choices. Uh, Americans don't seem to believe that. I I just think it it sounds an awful lot like you're saying that a certain a certain class of being doesn't deserve to have jobs. As we're talking about the Anne Frank Museum, and I think Anne Frank would be pretty disappointed in that kind of talk. Well, that after all this well, time, we haven't we, we apparently haven't learned anything. I mean, I, I think if you look at the text, uh, despite everything, I still believe people are good. Is what Anne Frank said. I'm, not but I'm just everything. saying, like, what what if I eight years on now she were to see you saying that robots shouldn't be able to have jobs? I think she'd be like, oh, they're still at this. Feel like this is an awkward speculation that's not entirely in good taste, but I would argue that ultimately, Anne Frank would probably not be in favor of robot dogs working in the museum of the place that she hid in the attic in, and I think that that would be for a number of reasons. Uh, but among those would be concerns about the future of AI because. You know, if regular ordinary humans could be so callous and terrifying, imagine what the cold logic of a computerized brain could do. Oh no, man. Oh no. Our time is up. Oh, is it? Sorry. My cat yeah. knocked my knocked my clock off. Well, I I feel like we we had a really good setup there for the ending, and then you're like, my cat. And and now we have to laugh her around for a little while. Well, you know, 
I mean, it was, it was a heavy ending. It's Christmas. We, we, oh, we shit. Probably, this is her Christmas. It's also, Very... it's also Hanukkah. So and this is one of those times where Hanukkah didn't like happen a week before Christmas. And so. God, this is the worst episode of the world to put holiday. up. So Maybe we shouldn't have... put the episode up till a week from now. Well, but we were talking about Christmas before. You did a Christmas movie review. This is the worst Christmas ever. There's been worse Christmases. There's been worse Christmases. Double Deuce. This has been Double Deuce Podcast. If you thought the intro sounded bad, this outro sounds even worse. Thanks for listening. I don't know how you did, but if you're trying to listen to more, we're everywhere. Libsyn, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, fucking everywhere. That's right. Wherever fine podcasts are made, we'll be there. Also, you can reach out to us on social medias. We're at Double Deuce Pod on Twitter. We're at Double Deuce Podcast on Facebook. And our email is DoubleDeucePod at gmail.com. Finally, if you want to support us, get our Patreon on patreon.com backslash double deuce pod yeah we got all kinds of stuff on there we got me talking about things i'm seeing we got extra minis that like the minis you find in the decaduces we got will singing or if you want to pay for him not to sing there is a way to pay for no singing the world's your oyster all kinds of stuff all kinds of stuff so much stuff that's patreon.com backslash double deuce pod yeah yeah Sorry, when you're like, wherever fine podcasts are found, I just kept thinking about that Tom Jones speech at the end of Grapes of Wrath. It's like, whatever, there's a cop beating on a fine podcast. We'll be there. <laughs> Double deuce. Good episode.